Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of the Moon Underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Hello and welcome back to the Moon Underwater, where we are with our guest, David Jesudarson, designing his dream pub and talking about the world of Desi pubs. And it's been a fascinating first half, but what was not fascinating was Dan's strange <laughs> quiz that you gave us. Um, do you know what? I love the concept of this thing, and I'm just annoyed that I'm not sure yeah. I've got much by way of answers. I think it. I'd like to have known about this so I could have learned them all. Some research. A la, a la mastermind. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But, but that ruins it, I, I it? genuinely think it's a great topic. I'm just disappointed I, these aren't coming too easily for me. But Dan, remind me of your, of your quiz. So it's, uh, it's National Rail has three letter abbreviations of all the towns that are on the on the rail network. Mm-hmm. So they're towns and not cities. They're towns or cities. Right, okay. Stations. 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 Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, the first one uh, is D. D-E-E. If, if you've got no idea on this, I will I'll give you a, a hint. That <sighs> it is not... I was just going to guess. Yeah, okay. about you. I mean, we know places that begin with D, so we should really yeah. be able to guess. Yeah, something. that's... I mean, but that's, he's going to guess what I'm going to guess, but so this then is I have why... to come up with, like... Well, do you want to go first, and then I'll guess a different one? Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to be this. I think Dundee. Yeah, that was what okay. I was going to guess as well. You're both correct. It oh, is oh, Dundee. Right, there we go. There, there you go. go. There we go. Easier than yeah, you thought. Right, okay, there we go. Uh, well, good. Uh, right. Dun is Dunbar. 
So okay. that's why yeah. it's not done. Okay. So what I've done, because I thought this might happen, that you might get upset about it. So I have, I, I've thought I'd jazz it up with a little fact about each place. Very yeah. good. So uh, Dundee, my Dundee fact is that William Topaz McGonagall uh, was, was uh, born there and lived in Dundee. And he's regarded as the worst poet in the English language. Well, even... it's quite harsh because I bet he was better than me. Yeah, that yeah. was up until I did the ambient intros for the Mid Underwater. I want to know more about who decides yeah. whether well, someone's I, the worst it, poet. Sort of it? academics sort of do it. And apparently he was known even at the time, people thought he was dreadful, but he just ploughed on. He was Carried like, on with yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So um, he did a, he celebrated the official opening of the University College Dundee in 1883 with a poem called The Inauguration of, of University College Dundee. And the opening stanza of that is, you'll probably say why when you do it, because it doesn't scan. Uh, Good people of Dundee, your voices raise, and to Miss Baxter, and to Miss Baxter, give great praise. Rejoice and sing and dance with glee, because she had founded a college in Bonnie Dundee. Doesn't, hasn't, I think it's yeah, all right. Quite got I the... think that's better than Bob Dylan. It probably <laughs> rhymes like cat with hat. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> yeah. Chi- you know, Chinese diplomat. You know, and he's yeah. a, what is he, a poet laureate? What, yeah. what did he get? He got a Nobel got Prize. Nobel yeah. Prize yeah. for that. Over, well, overrated. Know, maybe yeah. we should. And, and the other one, which is the Tay Bridge disaster, which is about a train disaster in Scotland. This is the end. Which it doesn't lend itself to a rhyming no, scheme anyway. I, I, I know, <laughs> yeah. I must now conclude my lay by telling the world fearlessly without the least dismay that your central girders would not have given way, at least many sensible men do say, had they been supported on each side with buttresses. At least many sensible men confesses. For the stronger we are, houses do build, the less chance we have of being killed. Okay, that is dreadful. <laughs> that, is, that is bad. That is bad. Biff was the second one. B-I-F. And I'll, I'll give you a clue. That, that is initials. Wow. Initials. Initials. Right. So it's three words. Barrow and furnace. It's going to be that, isn't it? it I is. was thinking it'd be some kind of Birmingham, but one of the little stages yes, in Birmingham. Barrow and furnace. Correct. Uh, my Barrow and furnace facts are, is 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 that um, I went on their website and it was really charming. Got some lovely pictures, sort of their tourist website, and then they said, "Here are some amazing facts about about Barrow and furnace." And, and I think out of the 13, about six of them were sort of things that were almost about Barrow and Fur- Furnace. So it was things like, it's brackets kind of the home of Thomas the Tank Engine, because it sort of has a sort of tangential thing. Uh, it's home of one of the largest indoor markets in Cumbria. It's not the <laughs> I largest indoor, I tell you what, I love Cumbria. an indoor market. They're great. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was once home. It was once home to the largest and wealthiest monastery in the northwest. So it's quite, quite, not in, yeah. not in England yet, uh, and and one of them was literally it's near the Lake District. I just think it's underselling itself a little you know bit. What? You know, if, if you know any good facts about Baron yeah. Furnace, drop us an email. We went, we'll mention it. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll discuss these in a uh, future, future episode pod, of yeah. Pub Notice Board. Robbie at moonunderpod.com. Birthplace of one of the hairy bikers. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and Chum, C-H-M. That's Chelmsford. Yeah, I was going to say Chelmsford. Correct. Yeah, that's See, a, that's a line. Very, very, um, <laughs> you know, dismissive that you didn't think you're going to get them. Three out of three. I thought Chum I'd get. I thought I'd get Chum. Yeah. Well, I thought they'd be more obscure. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. Because yeah, there's yeah. some stations 
like when you do the on the National Rail app, you're looking for something and then something comes up and you're like, I've never heard of that place before. Yeah. What was that? You know, I thought they'd be like that. I, I enjoy that, Dan. What I would say is I'd like to have had more of them. Yes. So <laughs> I would like to just say to you, so there's no doubt in your mind, yeah. don't feel wedded to three questions in future. If oh, okay. it's something like this, don't feel you need to pad it out with facts. Okay. If you don't want to, you can go, do you know do what? Like 10. This is going to be 10, but it's quick fire. Quick fire. Okay. But don't go, don't do 10 longer questions. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, just, I'm giving you. I'm letting you off the leash a bit. Okay, thanks. To, to Give me a bit of. Do you want my Chelmsford facts? No, no especially if we go on. Ones. Yep. In 2007, the Channel Four program location, location, location voted Chelmsford as the eighth best place to live in the UK. <laughs> Thank you for your pub quiz, thanks. Dan. I, I enjoyed that category. Thanks for your uh, constructive criticism and and feedback. Permission. Feedback. Permission yep. to. I'm just amazed that I got three out of three. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very well impressive. done. Yeah. That's, that's, I want more. That's, I want more. He's right. Give me, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, let's just right. get the apps out <laughs> yeah, and yeah, do yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. We'll carry this. You go outside and pick <laughs> some more out. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's good. That's a man who's travelled the country researching a book and has been on, probably on a lot of trains for it. I mean, I do know... I think I, if we did this in airports, I think I probably could smash... I think I'd do all right. On airports, I'd yeah. do all right in airports. Why VR? Don't don't know. Surprising one. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't with begin why. with why, does it? Doesn't. Is it Vancouver? It is. Oh, Look at that. Oh, oh, David is the good. king of transport <laughs> abbreviations. <laughs> just wonderful. Just wonderful. Okay, right. Let's get on with the podcast. You get two spirits in your pub, David. What's oh, your yes. first choice? Old Monk. Do you mm. have you guys had it? No, I have been looking at it and I really want to have it. I don't now. know what it is. So you can, you'll get it at the glad. So Old Monk is an Indian rum. Oh. And uh, it's it's very vanilla taste, tasting. Uh, and it, you, different bottles, you can get one, the classic is that it's an actual glass bottle in the shape of a monk. Um, and then the other one's a monk's head. You can get it. Um, it's, you know, you, in, the, in these days of craft spirits, it would not impress a sort of rum connoisseur, um, but for me, it's the taste of um, taste of India, um, and a lot of. Uh, so a friend of mine listening to me, he's an Indian guy, a guy who's like me from. I think he was born in Australia actually, um, but he used to go home on the plane when he was a early teenager on his own. So it used to be that the air hostesses look after you. This is the flights back to India. And he'd be, have with him like a single malt scotch. And then when he'd come back, he would be given a bottle of Old Monk to give to the, his family and that kind of thing. So it's this very desi thing of trying to recreate what it's like at home. I mentioned Steve Salapal before, that gentleman who runs the non-alcoholic uh, brewery. And he always for, forever connects it with his dad. And he was very close to his dad and he's, he helped his dad when he was sick, when he was dying. And he would have all these. So it's even though it's not what you would call the best rum you could have, it's the one that's connected the most to our nostalgia of, of this desiness. Wonderful. Mm. Vanillary in taste. Would you very say? much vanillary. And yes. it's, a, it's a very dark rum, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yes. Very dark. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's a couple of lovely things about it, actually. Um from their website one is that it says it's the only uh, old monk rum is the only one that does not fall over in the boat the ancient seafarer's drink will stay in an upright position 
in even the very stormy weather in any watercraft thanks to the low and wide form of the bottle. Right. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Because rum is the, is the, is the drink of the, drink the sailor. Of the sailor, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is very much in colour like the old navy rum. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. No, I, I, I would, I, I've, I've been looking to see if I could uh, find a bottle. I haven't been able to find one, so it's good to know it's in the glass. I'll have to pop down and have some of that. I think it's very difficult to find now. Yeah. I think it's even, because my friends who visits very regularly, who has an Indian uh, brewery in India, he always brings me back something that's not, I'm like, get old monk. And he brought me back this absolute hideous, <laughs> I couldn't, it's, I, I'm using it for cakes and things like that. Because um, it's very rum tasting, but it's not the same. And there's other whiskey that's, I remember having like one bit of the whiskey. I might have had two beers, and I had a hangover the next day. Oh, and I was God. like, "That is not. That is not fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that is not on. You know. Anyway, kids, come on. We're on the way to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. It's a great bottle, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah. So, how are you drinking? You're the rum. Uh, yeah, so straight? so it is straight, yeah. Some people do have it with Coke, but I think that would be crazy unless if you're obsessed with vanilla Coke and all those kind of weird things. You you know, it's what it, you you can you should have it as a sort of aperitif. Let's have it like that, rather than I'm not I'm not a fan of it or shots or even having spirits after a session, that's a, a bad idea. Have it before you mix grill. Yeah. Have you um uh, you mentioned all the different flavors of Coke. I remember I was I was traveling through, uh, through Georgia in the states, and I was getting towards Atlanta. And I think I think it was Atlanta. It's where the I was chatting to some guy who worked in um, I think it was Dunkin' Donuts or something. Just so stopped. And I said I was. He said he was going to. He said, "Where are you guys going?" And we said, "We're heading to Atlanta. We're going to go and see the Martin Luther King Museum and and all this American civil rights stuff." He goes. He went, nah, don't do that. Go to the, there's a Coca-Cola museum. They've got all the, every flavor of Coke around the world. I was like, I'm probably still going to pick the Martin Luther King. But thank you very much. It's two very competing, different audiences, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say that. You know, Who's like, to say what's yeah. best, but there's, yeah. there's, there's something How for everyone. How guilty would you be walking on your, if you chose the Coca-Cola one, <laughs> yeah. knowing that you should be at the Martin Luther King one, really? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't even be able to enjoy, enjoy the Coke, would you? Yeah. No. Yeah. So he was saying, yes. there, they've got, you can taste like, Nigerian Coke, Norbis. Mm. I was thinking, oh, I don't know how different that will be, but I yeah. never will know because I went to see wow. Martin Luther King. What's your second spirit of choice? Patron tequila. And I don't, not a huge fan of tequila, but this is the kind of drink that the old uncles at the bar would might yeah. rope me into. In fact, when I was last at the Glad, there was this old uncle at the bar and he just... <laughs> I was talking to, I wasn't at the bar. I didn't even know if I was talking to you. I was, I was talking to my friend and then this shot just appeared and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I've got to pick the kids up from work. I've got to, you know, I've got to, yes, I had to pick the kids up to go on the school school run afterwards and um, yes, I might have had it. And yes, I might have totally regretted it on the train home. <laughs> and now is this the, because I've drunk a decent amount of battle in my time. I, I love it. Is it this the, do you know? Can I just yep, preface this by saying I know nothing about this drink? Okay, I'm just just checking. Is the plain is the plain tequila one, and not the coffee tequila one, the cafe one? Yes, that's... no, that was the coffee one. Was he... the coffee one? Yes. Oh my, I love it. Yeah, it's nice. I've never tried. It's it. It's so good. It's like a quality tequila, so it tastes better than your general tequila anyway. But this the coffee one's so nice. It's a shot I could do for ages, but it would be disastrous because I'd 
be sick in about two minutes. But and and so have nice. lots of energy. Yes. You yeah. really should go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great choice. Yeah. I don't think we've had that before. We've not well, Patron Tequila is, well, not the coffee, but the uh, yeah. is is reasonably popular. You're the fourth person to really? use it in, hit in the history of the show. Right. Uh, Sindhu V, Ezra Furman and Jess Phillips all chose it. And Kimar Bob chose a very specific kind of Patron Tequila, but I don't think it was the coffee one. Okay. So... Yeah, so it's a popular choice, actually. Right. You mentioned how you used to drink it. Would, would you... Are you a tequila fan in general? Sort no. Of thing? I'm not a spirits fan, really. I like no. gin. That's the only one I, I, that, I, that I'll have. I, I think the, the thing is, is I love beer so much, it's that why would I give myself more problems with, <laughs> with, with, with other, opening the board up to a whole other slate of, um, of, uh, of drinks that can get me into all different types of trouble? Um, I don't know how much traveling you've done yourself in South Asia, but are pubs part of the traditional South Asian? So this experience? is the, this is the big reveal, really. I've never been to India. Okay. So like my my dad um, was born in Singapore, right? And my mum was my mum's Malaysian, so yeah. you know, effectively whatever you want to call it, mixed race or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I've been to Singapore, been to Malaysia a lot, been to Thailand. Um, been to Hong Kong, but I've never been to India. I've always been a little bit scared. It's weird, but this book has meant that I've felt closer to that continent. So I yeah. think I will definitely go. And now I've got friends out there. I'm definitely going to go. And um, it's being read in India because it's available on Kindle now. Oh, oh wow. brilliant! Yeah. Are Desi pubs in the UK always centered around areas of high? Indian immigration yeah. or are there some that are outliers and... well so to go back to your first yeah. question about basically you were asking me is do pubs exist in India or is it a big part of the yeah. culture there? so so I think what's interesting about Desi pubs is that the Desiness means that we're preserving a certain Indian Indianness yeah so the um Prince of Wales in West Bromwich is this idea of a a, a Desi pub imagined by the landlord who came to this country I'm going to say the 1980s. So it's very rustic and everything like that. But in India, if you watch Indian series or or films on Netflix, it's a very modern Western society and they're yeah. looking towards America and it, so they have a bar yeah. culture. Um, I mean, it's not always the case in, 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 in what people have told me around coastal areas or villages or whatever, but in the main cities, it the, and, and funnily enough... What we've done here has started to come back over there. So they, you'll see on a menu, um, English curry, right? And so this is the curry, or and they call mixed grill sizzlers there, right? And so they've what what's been created here by merging all the things together has then wow. gone back over there. And so I find it's fascinating, isn't yeah. it, to think that what we have and we think is quite commonplace is actually quite exotic. To yeah, them. I love that's fascinating. Yeah. And and my second question there was: uh, Is um, are the Desi pubs always in areas of sort of high yes, immigration, yeah, yeah. or are they yeah, like um, ones out the way? So, in general, ninety five percent of the book is in very high population Asian areas, if not majority Asian areas. But there's places like uh, Bristol. There's this guy who. Um, Abby, who used to work at the Regency, and he then opened up one pub in uh, Bristol, hugely successful. He put 
like something like it was half a million pounds investment in it. Then he opened up another one in Bristol. Then he opened one up in Swindon. And it, it and it, but he, what, when I went to see him, it was like at the beginning part of his business. And he was like, the problem is here, people don't know curries. They're not curry literate. So they won't take heat, that kind of thing. And they're very, so he also on his menu had fish and chips and pies. But then when I visited him again, he said, yes, it's totally taken off because now I have the monopoly on the market of decent curries because there were curry houses, that kind of thing. Mm. But now people know to come to him for a decent curry. So it works in all sorts of areas. It yeah. can be like, and I think there was one in, excuse me, one in Gateshead, which was the only one in the Northeast. And they took over like a rural pub that was failing. And then people traveled from all around the country to go there to, to, to have this, you know, from Scotland you know, to the east of the country, all that kind of thing. Um, but yes, in general, it is very much a sort of Southall, Smevic type thing. Every week, Dan asks our listeners for a suggestion of what our guests can put in the Dream Pub. Dan, who have you chatted with this week? So uh, Jordan sent us a message this week. And they said, uh, my suggestion of what to add to David's pub is something that I myself have only experienced once and I've never seen it being done since. A great big screen behind the bar that has a tally like in a stock market with the drinks you serve. When a drink isn't being served as often, the tally will decrease, resulting in the price of the drink going down, stirring the locals to switch to that drink. And when it gets popular, the price goes up. Obviously, this will be a nightmare on stock rotation and the budgeting for the brewery and will encourage mixing drinks to a dangerous level. But I feel it would be something a little different. Thanks again, Jordan. Well, it's really funny that this Jordan has got in touch because I was speaking to an academic about this and this is the greatest example of irresponsible drinking. <laughs> so the, the, this took place in a student pub and it was... I had to stop it because people were just getting absolutely wrecked because it encouraged people to mix their drinks, right. drink at different speeds, yeah, do all yeah. the things that you shouldn't be doing. And so like what would happen is that someone would be having a beer and halfway through their beer, there would an alarm would go off that shots have suddenly gone down in price and then everyone would rush to the bar yeah. and have a load. This is to me a hell on earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is not how I think everything should be done. And also that's very consumer forward. And I think the breweries and pubs should be very, like, you know, they should be key to maintain their margins, but also, you know, because they offer the sort of social cohesion aspects. And so I think a stock market thing would probably be, that pub sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's roundly that's rejected. Jordan, the most solid rejection we've ever yeah. had, and, and there, I remember seeing this once. I didn't go, but I remember at university in in Norwich in the in the nineties. I remember seeing, they had a night of this, some kind of stock market drink thing. I didn't go, so it's definitely a thing that does exist. But I've, I've never. I, I tell you what, I would like, which is not as extreme as that, is is a little is a little screen maybe somewhere that tells you what are the most popular drinks in that pub. So if you went in and you're going, I don't really know which beer to have, and there's there's other, you know, actually this is the one that most of the locals drink, or here's a particular spirit that that people are drinking here that you might like to try or something like that. I wouldn't mind that. It's it, it not always best, Dan. No, but it, but it's, you know sometimes going in somewhere and go, oh, what's the. I, I often I often think about how how you should. Do, do, I tell you what I I object to is that. I don't. I think that you should have a taster. 
of stuff. Yeah. You know, like so. But I was I went to the Houston Tap and I said I have a taster of that. And this guy at the bar was like, "Oh, can I have a taster too?" Yeah. Well, go on then, have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with tasting the beer and trying it or asking questions? You yeah. Know? Um, um, but I don't know if uh, that's what because sometimes like regulars will drink one drink, won't they? Mm, yeah. And it might not necessarily be the best. It's the one they used to. It's why Guinness is very popular, isn't mm. it? People have had it for yeah. uh, through generation and generation. I, and it's a very bankable drink for a mac, uh, a macro, isn't it? But it's not necessarily the one I want. Mm. Yeah, it's it's that taste again. Back to Barry in the Anchor. The first time I ever walked in there, he's like, "What what type of beers do you like?" I'm like all of them, all of them. And I, I, I said, "Um, I said, have, a, have a taste of this something like that. Try these three and give you little tastes of each one. Go, which one do you want?" Something I can't, I can't remember what the. That is a really nice thing. And I've been into pubs like that as well. That is really nice to have a taste of two or three, especially if it's offered, if you don't even ask for it. I think uh, think the other thing is quite a little bit different as to be a a sort of drinker of colour. I sort of, I often get man white explained about what beer is. Like, do you know what an IPA is? Which is quite a funny (laughs) sort of thing for me because I've written extensively about the history of IPA. And I'm like, but I'm also very polite so I'm like, no, go on, you tell me. And yeah, they were shipped here for they were shipped for to India, right? Okay, that's one explanation of it. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I just go and I go along with it all. But I did find that during COVID, when uh, there was table service, that I was more keen to say that I do know this to do this because it was getting away from that glare of the bar, the yeah. people at the bar yeah. who, who like have very, they don't like seeing but i mean you can see it in many ways beer is a working class drink a drink of the people and craft kind of takes it away makes it a bit more taste and you know exclusive yeah and i think that that's it's a reaction against that but i think that we we don't do that with other foods drinks Mm. and everything do we so why can't we make it democratic but also we can just pick what we like there doesn't have to be an identity to what we have or anything Mm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, well, Jordan's idea, roundly rejected yeah. there. Sorry, Jordan. If, sorry, Jordan, but that's show business. Um, <laughs> uh, if you have a suggestion for something and haven't been put off by Jordan being shot down, um, that could go in a future pub, you can email me, robbie at moonunderpod.com with your vision for a future guest pub. Time for the jukebox now. And you get to put one CD or mini disc in the jukebox here at the Moon Underwater what are you going to go for? It has a mini disc. I uh, yeah, mean, I, 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 I love this part, but it I has went, mini disc. I went very hard in on mini disc when they came out, and I'm hoping for resurgence because yeah. I've got a lot of. So, yeah. so I I spent more on this than any of the other questions, <laughs> and yeah. I think everyone who you probably would do this, like, how should it reflect my personality? Yeah, 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 yeah. It? It's not so what I you really thought, want. It's how you're going to be judged. I thought I'm just going to tell the truth on this, and um, so I could have put corner shop in. I could have put Asian Dog Foundation, but actually, although I do like those bands. What I'm going to put in is um, the It Girl by Sleeper. Oh my god! And um, I'm drinking here every day of the week. Really. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is, is that I got bought that for my 18th birthday, like on the by my flatmates. So I was living in Leeds, and um, we went to the Phono uh, in the Merrion Centre in Leeds, like this indie club. So I was. So the year is 1996. We got like um, my birthday's in August. And so I'm big into my football. And so like you had all this kind of stuff. And um, I'm kind of stuck in that year. And when I want to have, um, remind myself of who I am 
if I'm going to something like, a, I don't know, like a black tie event or something that's just not me, I listen to that, to that uh, any sleeper song, but particularly that album, which to me is always about this. I mean, you've got to be careful here because at the time, everyone did objectify Louise Weller. Mm-hmm. And so they're, but they're, but she's incredibly beautiful and still is very beautiful. So there is always that side of me that objectifies her a bit as she was then. But it's very much because she was the type of girlfriend I wanted mm. because she was very sort of artistic in a sort of university way. And I was before it was I was going to university and she talked about things in a very real British way. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that I like is that really I'm, I'm very into that sort of Britishness which is a bit problematic for an Asian man because it is about a white Britishness, you know, and those, and I think that it wasn't, isn't on that album actually, but Vegas by Sleeper is probably one of the most British songs about hope and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of Britpop or guitar music in the 90s did have that kind of Britishness and that kind of is forever linked with me being a sort of 18 year old. Great choice. Mm. I'm all over this probably. It'd be great uh, to get on. In this fact, podcast. the two choices were that or smart. The the yeah. the, the the first the first yeah. two. Out. And I hadn't see, I didn't see them live when I was a teenager, but I saw their first uh, gig in Brighton when they reformed after mm. COVID, and that was uh, it was very optimistic on the ticket. It said over 18s only, and I, th- <laughs> I don't think you really needed to put that really, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My first post-divorce pint. The gin I had in Hull, my nan's homemade buckfast. The rum I drank with Liz Hurley. The lager I stole from the pigeon detectives. Well, the Moon Underwater, David, is a magical place. Not only can it let you design your own pub, but it will let you transport yourself through time to enjoy, once again, a drink from your past and an occasion of the past. So for a drink in time, what would you like to go back and relive? Um, it's funny because I was going to pick uh, a pint of Harvey's at the Anchor. Right. I feel like we covered that extensively. So yeah. I'm kind of... Um, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because you, you brought that up and it's your fault. We can still do it. We can still, we can still yes. talk yes. more about it. We'll yeah. talk more about the Anchor. What was it that makes you want to relive that? Was it just the sheer friendliness when you walked in? Because it's, it's a pub that I... I can imagine as a person of colour might not look the most welcoming when you no, first opened I think, the door. No, I think what happened was is that there were very unfriendly pubs in Seven Oaks yeah. and and also around the other parts of Kent. Particularly, I remember one in Westerham that I wanted to love and I came back to, but I just never felt that welcoming. I won't mention the name. But Barry was on and he's just automatically like you're coming into his lounge. You know, he switches on into hospitality mode and... Um, would have we'll sit we'll be having uh play pool there at the pool table then and he'd just come and sit with us and say so how's it going at the paper then how's it going and um he used to rope me into his schemes and <laughs> his schemes were crazy there was this one guy called hurricane and um this guy hurricane i think i think he probably had learning difficulties but what he hey he was he was lovelorn yeah. and um he would he met a few women on the Digibox TV had chat? Right. This is in so we, you know this is you know, we're talking about fifteen years or so years ago, however it was, and that there was no internet 
dating or chat yeah. there was this thing but he kept getting fleeced for money oh, no. and um there was one per he kept saying to me oh, this guy hurricane kept saying oh, i love her and all this and then barry took me to the side he goes yeah she's a nigerian woman i don't think that this will work out well but i've got an idea how about you go with him and uh, you say you're a, a documentary crew you get it commissioned <laughs> and then you basically just look after him you know, it doesn't matter. He goes, doesn't matter if you make him look stupid. And I, and I was like, well, that's quite difficult because I'm only working on a local newspaper. But it so happened that my flatmate had, uh, he was into documentaries. So we interviewed Hurricane over a period of time and tried to get it commissioned. It never got commissioned. And um, when I went back uh, a year or so ago, I said, so how's Hurricane? He goes, yeah, he married her. Wow, <laughs> and it's yeah and he gives them money and everything and we try and stop it and to be i'm trying to get power of attorney to have his credit card to stop him having this money and all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah that's a bit crazy isn't it that's yeah. the whole <laughs> wow and yeah. so i i and but i felt really special because he's obviously classes me as a part of the community and that's mm. always what i've wanted in pubs is yeah. to be part of a community is that, that is one of the big attractions of pubs, isn't it? That's I remember the first time when I was at university when a landlord, it was a Firkin pub, if you remember those yes. from the 90s, sort yes. of thing. it was a Firkin pub. But we, the landlord there would say the usual lads or something like that and remembered what you wanted. Yes. And that was that's, like a real... That's, that's a defining feeling. moment in your life. Yeah. But nowadays that gets happened less because everything's on rotation and we all drink different drinks. Yeah. Mm. So maybe what you're saying about what's popular is that what you were seeking is is to have the usual and then mm. it, yeah I, yeah I, I think maybe it's a romanticisation yeah. that won't doesn't happen that often now. I suppose it's easier for a landlord to remember when it's just for me a pint of strongbow yeah. <laughs> or something that I probably yeah. would have been drinking yeah. at the time. Lovely. Now it's time to find out our guest's dream pub companion, but that is only for those of you who have invested in the Moon Underwater Patreon. If you want to find out, you can subscribe at moonunderpod.com. And for the rest of you, we'll be back after a short interlude. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. Welcome back to the non-Patreon people and a very interesting and very highbrow answer mm. from David Worth there for his out, dream sure. pub companion. Now it's time, not for what you want in your pub, but for what you're banning from your pub. You're allowed to pick one thing that is not welcome in your moon underwater. You are barred. So it's people who shout hey when a pint glass smashes. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I don't care. I, a person who does that is dickhead. It's as simple as that. I don't. And um, I said to my mate, I, I said, it's either that or, or I, I, and I'm going to say this and I'll probably lose a lot of readers, but Antipodeans are the main culprits of this. <laughs> so I, I thought I could, I could say Antipodeans, but then I might as well just say this because they're both exclusive. <laughs> No, but it's not true. It's not true. I'm sure there's lots of Australians and Kiwis who don't. Kiwis particularly, let's be nice. I'm sure a lot of Kiwis. But but I I had (laughs) this friend. uh, He's a really good friend of mine. He's moved back to New Zealand, Alex Tarrant. And um, he was really like progressive, soft-natured and everything. And we're in the pub and a pint glass smacked and he Pavlovian went, hey, like this. (laughs) I was like, mate, I hate that. I hate it. And I'll tell you why. Because when I worked in the pub, it was like pretty horrible. You get people just leering at you, everything, just horrible conversations. And the the sound of the pint glass smashing is the sign of we're we're celebrating your something that's gone wrong against you. Hmm. And I just don't like that kind of bar culture. You know, I don't think that, I think if we ban that, pubs would get more um, inclusive. Or if we re-educated people as to why they did it. (laughs) Can we think of a different noise people can make? Oh. oh, like a sort of, yeah. oh, sorry. Let me help you clear that up. Let me help you clear it up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to have, mate? Yeah. Do you want to have, mate? You know, yeah. The, yeah. the yeah. whole pub, every time that happened, went, do you want to have, mate? Yeah. yeah. Be... And then everyone I think everyone would like, laugh yeah. then as yeah, well, yeah, wouldn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yes. So maybe it's best just to yeah. ignore. Ask you two a question. Yeah, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you like beer festivals? 
Yes, I, I do, but I, I've rarely got. I've rarely been to them, to be honest. No, I I do. Um, I find them overwhelming. I find yes. yeah, yes, yeah. I yeah. I like. I guess you've got the different ones. You've got your sort of camera type casky things, and you've got your sort of trendy craft beery ones. I like the craft beery ones because there are a lot of different styles of drink that I would like to taste in a small thing. Like I will have a a pastry stout, but I don't want to have an evening drinking. Yes, yeah, so you have like, taste a, like a third of it. Yeah, or a milkshake IPA or something. Yeah. Like that. I like to sample a few yeah. different things. I like them for that aspect. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we used to go to GV before we first moved to London in the early 2000s. Mm. And I remember you'd get your glass and then we'd just take turns to go up and someone would pick what they were going to get and all this. And our friend friend Jim went there and he came back. He said (laughs) the first place he went to, the queue was too big. So he went to the bar that was built into the inside of Earl's Court or Olympia, wherever it was at the time. And just bought some carling, and the looks of disgust <laughs> he was so getting. You could, oh, wow! So there was a bar that you could. There was get the bar around. that was like yeah, if you have bar. any event on, right. that yeah, there would right. be there. That for right. some reason was open, and he went there, and people were looking at, him and I was like, "What have you done?" Yeah, he deserved every one. He of deserved those every one of those yeah, looks. Yeah, yeah, but, yes, but what yeah. an audacious yeah. move! Well, I was at GBBF when Rishi Sunak rocked up. Oh yeah, and. Um, that was the so there were two Asians. I was, was going did you do the, the brown person's nod? I've got a yeah. friend who says he does a little nod. Well, yeah, to other brown well, people. beer festivals is funny because that's when you do do that brown person nod or hello or even just anyone of color. Yeah. So at this Manchester thing, there was a a black woman and she had an afro and we like shook hands. It's like what the hell are we doing? Yeah. Like, no, just like, <laughs> I thought that she knew me and it's just like so we started chatting. I was like so so hang on a minute, how do we know each other? And she was like I don't know. No. No, we just kind of chatted to each other. Yeah. You know, we gravitated to each other because we feel safe to, with each other. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is weird. And I'm, so I kind of got talking to her about how can we change this? And it's really weird because it's just a cultural thing. I don't know how you can change this. Because they often are held like that place in Manchester. I know if you go to the Hackney one, they're held in very diverse areas. But once you go in, it's an absolute white yeah. fest. Mm. You know, and, yeah. you, and so I, but GBBF had, has this thing where, women get leered at and things yeah. like that. And I, I'm, I'm not really that keen on being in those environments, even because my publisher is camera. So like, I, yeah. but I feel that it should still be called out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I remember going in the, or you'd go in the early 2000s and that, and there would be six women there mm. and about, I have many. And they just get stared at, don't yeah. they? Mm. You know, it's just not a nice environment yeah. for them. Drink up, please. It's time. So, David, your book, Desi Pubs, A Guide to British Indian Pubs, Food and Culture, is available now. A fantastic read and a lovely mix of history and guidebook. If people, can you give us, and I know it's hard to note down, just vaguely around the country, for people who aren't London-based, if people wanted to get into the world of, of Desi Pubs, how should they... Well, where are a few places that you would recommend as introductory yeah. ones? Yeah, um, so very good one is the Red Lion in West Bromwich. Yep. Um, so it's run by uh, Satnam, who's actually a, a teacher of sociology. And because he's a teacher, he's created a very sort of inclusive, family-friendly space, very female-friendly as well. And it even has a quiet room for autistic children. Uh, it's a very big pub. It has a retractable roof. The food is excellent. 
and um, it has stained glass windows with all the heroes of the Indian Workers Association. All the and you really have to go and see it. It's incredible. Um, elsewhere, uh, I think so. Outside of London, we're saying. Oh well, yeah, we London. We've covered the. the yes, the we covered the Glad. We covered the Scotsman. We covered. Uh, yeah, and then maybe the Red Cow in Smevik. Um, that has this great feature. You'll love this. So it has a big um, crowd uh, of football fans because um, the guy who run it, Bera, his uh, had a club that was the first to really take advantage of football fans before the game. And then when he opened the pub, it was quite far away from um, the ground. So he now puts on free taxis. For people to go to, oh, wow. the, yeah, so it's a red cow taxi service. So you go there, have a mixed grill and thing, and you get um, shuttled to the ground. And oh, those great. two, are, those two are very near to each other. Um, so I'm going to pick a something a bit different that most people wouldn't say is a Desi pub, and that would be the Tapan Tandor. And they've got one in somewhere in the Midlands. I can't remember the top of my head. One in Peterborough and one in Southampton, and they do craft beer. Right, and they their food is second to none, um, and that's a that that's a very good in, introduction to the types of food you'll get done very well, and with uh, different beers because a lot of the um, pubs are very traditional, so they have a lot of macro lagers, and this idea of lager being very good to have with curries, particularly cobra and kingfisher, is a kind of myth that's kind of carried on. Whereas if you go to that kind of place, you, it has it has lots of um, like um, purity mm. uh, brewing, that kind of thing. Um, so yes, try those. Fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. And if people are interested in in your writing and work, are you on the social media? Is there anything they can follow you on? Or? Yes. So I, um, I'm on. I've got a weekly Substack. Okay. Um, I'm on Twitter. Just type my name in, um, and that, that's it. I think that's it. Really, I don't have nothing else to promote sell, sell you apart from the book buy the book buy the book it is mm. it is an excellent read and good from the historical angle as well as the guidebook angle uh, the last thing we've got to do here however is name your pub david and what are you going to call your quite wonderful moon underwater uh i'm going to call it um, desi maybe desi junction and yeah. i tell you why i'll call it that is there was a pub called desi junction and i think that's why a lot of people in the midlands know the word and more familiar with the word desi and i think that i really want to get that word more popular and i want to get that word in the oxford english dictionary so the more we see about it the more the, the better really i the reason i said desi at the beginning is because i've got a norwegian friend called desi right. because i've got that i see I spot the word a lot, and I've seen right. photos yes. outside of sort of uh, Indian businesses that are called um, Desi, whatever sort of yeah. thing. I'll send him photos of it, so I was aware it was an Indian word, but didn't know the meaning of it. You often see it in menus like uh, curry cooked Desi style. Yeah, often means they've translated it to mean like hotter, yeah. chilly wise, and well, you know, home cooking that kind of thing. So you see it a lot everywhere in Manchester, and they have a big thing of Desi burgers which is like very spicy sourced burgers and it has a fascinating story and everything. And so, yeah, it's a word used in multiple ways. Wonderful. Desi Junction is reborn, if it was there once before. It's time to send David back to the other realm, but but what is he taking with him, Dan? So David's uh, draft choices were Wadworth 6X and Big Salad IPA. Bottle choices, Elusives, Oregon Trail West and Burning Skies Imperial Stout. 
Spirit Choices, Old Monk Rum and Patron Tequila. You rejected the listener suggestion of a sort of a stock market drink screen. Quite Fair thoroughly. Yep. yep. Jukebox Choice, The It Girl by Sleeper. Uh, Drinking Time is a pint of Harvey's with Barry at the anchor. You've barred people who shout, way when <laughs> a pint glass smashes. And your pub name is Desi Junction. Wonderful. David, thank you so much for time. It's been a fascinating chat. Really, really enjoyed it. And um, uh, if you're ever in Norwich, give us a shout. We'll go and oh, do yes. some. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Let's do one final. Way! Way! <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you want to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.